What is up, Minnesota United faithful? It is post-loons. It is March 13th, 2022. Coming at you after a 1-0 Minnesota United win on the road at Red Bull Arena against the previously unbeaten and untied New York Red Bulls. Uh, I guess you'll take three points any way you can get them. The loons get them tonight. And joining me to break it down all the way from the Netherlands, Mr. James Hargrave. James, how you doing? Oh, very well, mate. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's funny. I think this is the second time I've been on, and the first time I discussed how it was good that I stayed up and we won. And guess guess what? I stayed up again and we won again. So, hey, maybe you I should start stay getting up more those often. daytime naps in, James, because we're just yeah. going to need you for every game from here on out. You got you're every two and zero, so or two two zero and zero. There's there's like all this Twitter banter now here in here in America about how we do the win loss draw versus win draw loss, and it's, so it definitely I'm I'm throwing my hat in the win draw loss column. That's really see I'm more of a win loss draw guy, but that's because I'm a I'm a American sports fan, so that's that's all. <laughs> I really but anyways, yep. post loons presented by SodaSoccer.com. If you haven't checked the website out, SotaSoccer.com. You can also hit us up on the socials at Soda, S-O-C. As you're trickling in the stream, whether you're watching on YouTube or Twitter, um, leave a question, leave a comment, leave a take. We'll be happy to read that um, on the air as we move forward. We have quite a bit of chats in right now, so we will get to those in just a minute. But before we do, James, we're going to go ahead and get started here with our three things. This is how we like to kick things off, kind of our three main topics, three main takeaways from the match. So, James, being that you're the guest, I'm going to give you the honors of giving your first thing first. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's pretty easy. I think uh, Dane St. Clair made up for the entirety of last year in one game. Um, don't like to bring it up, but he was 0-5 last year. 0-5 and 0 if it's your way or 0-0-5 if it's my way. It wasn't good, uh, but no, played a, played a stunning game just uh, – as usual, saved a penalty and just looked uh, all around. Had a couple of key saves and was just was just fantastic. Yeah, we got we got I got to show one of these chats. Hold on, it's about the win draw loss. Blah. This is the <laughs> second straight week that Blah has entered the chat. So thank you, Blah. Win draw loss is the day month year of association football. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, they always ask you when you like go to fill in the date on something. It's like, do you want date month year or month date year? It's like. I live in the U.S. We want month eight year every time. But no, as well, far as Dane goes, James, or sorry, go ahead. It seems like you have a. I was going to uh, say, I, I I get easy. Like my birthday is the tenth of October, which is ten ten. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I am. I'm. I get to cheat. Yeah, it's 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 easy. <laughs> I guess it's also easy if like your birthday is like one of like the later days in the month. Like mine's September twenty third. So like nine twenty three or like twenty three nine, like there's no confusion on which is the yeah. day, which is the month there for sure. But uh, yeah. anyways, back to your point about Dane St. Clair. <laughs> Don't want to get uh, get too far down the uh, the dates and months rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I mean, what a performance from him. I mean, we saw yeah. a, a couple of those, a handful of those type of performances in the twenty twenty season. Uh, I think that's why he was able to get that starting spot and, and have it at least in the early portion of 2021. He struggled yep. in 2021. Tyler Miller takes over. Tyler Miller sort of keeps that spot. But then coming into this year, that was one of the big questions. Who's it going to be? You signed Dane to an extension. Tyler Miller's in the last year of his contract. What are you going to do? 
I think the popular opinion and that, in my opinion, was you trade away Tyler Miller so you can uh, get that money and use that money for something else and, and sort of move up your, your young stud. That's not what happened. Tyler Miller has gotten to start the first couple of games, has played pretty well, all things considered. Yep. But we haven't he, lost. Yeah, haven't lost. Only one goal conceded each match with a depleted back line for the most part. You'll, you'll take that from a starting goalkeeper. But tonight, Dane St. Clair, totally another level. This yeah. could have been, James, 4-1, 5-1 Red Bulls. Like, five, like five, five two should have been like I should have we should have at least scored two right yeah five two maybe yeah anyways it, it could have been four or five on the Red Bulls end easily and that's not even an exaggeration like that's legitimate no but Dane St Clair stood on his head to use a hockey term sorry stood on his head <laughs> um, made incredible saves like he was just he was locked in James these weren't these these weren't like fluky like like he was absolutely diving left and right really was was sort of one step ahead of the strikers yeah. too in terms of knowing exactly where those balls were going to go make those saves especially on the penalty kick too i mean he is the penalty kick saving god of mls he showed it then and he just carried that momentum throughout the match just an unbelievable incredible performance and i, I think one that if you're adrian heath it's really really hard <laughs> to justify yeah. going back to Tyler Miller after that performance. I know he was sick and he didn't do anything to lose his spot, but can you really pull Dade St. Clair out of the starting 11 after that? I don't think there's any way you can. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's just, it's one of those where he kind of, he, he has an opportunity and yeah, we talked about it last year. It wasn't great, but you take the opportunity with both hands and you, you know, you save it, you, you lock that in and he looked, he looked stunning and, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I hope Tyler recovers quickly. You know, it's it's never nice to to kind of be down and out. But uh, yeah, I think for the most part, I think this is uh, once again just like 2020. This is a dangerous job to lose. I think there was a quote, and I'm paraphrasing here because I've been scrolling on Twitter and I can't find the quote. Bridget McDowell is the one who tweeted it out. So if you want to go back and find that from pregame, it was from the the pregame broadcast on Valley Sports North, and they spoke to Dane, and Dane said it's a World Cup year. Par- again, paraphrasing. I think I should be the Canadian starting goalkeeper. I'm going to prove why tonight. And boy, wow. did he come out and yeah. back that up. Like, I'm a big wrestling fan. So that's like a WWE level promo. Like, I'm the dude. I should be the dude. <laughs> I'm going to go out and prove why I'm the dude tonight. That is, I mean, and to go out and back it up the way he did. Just just an awesome, awesome uh, display from Dane St. Clair. And I hope we get... Uh, we get to see more of him moving forward because if he keeps performing like that, no matter the offensive struggles, no matter the defensive struggles, if Dane St. Clair can keep even a, a half of that quality and goal, Minnesota United is going to be a near impossible team to score on uh, as we move forward into the season. Yeah. And I mean, Canada are in, are in quite pole position, right? So, you know, that's kind of for yep. him, that's, that's a really big thing to think about. And I think, uh, I think he's doing his chances a lot of good with uh, performances like that. And if you're Canada, again, you sort of have that uh, that number one spot locked up, or at least have your World Cup qualifying uh, locked up. Theoretically, your number one spot in the CONCACAF table locked up. You know, maybe time to say, hey, let's throw this guy out there in a few starts in these last few qualifying matches and, and see what see what he can bring us. So we'll see if he gets that opportunity. But again, he did himself a lot of favors with that uh, with that performance tonight. Um, my yeah. first thing, it's pretty simple. Three points on the road. 
however you can get them, right? I think any soccer fan of any team in any league worldwide will know that if you can get three points on the road, you don't care about the performance. You don't care about who you're facing. You just need to get the win. If you can get the win, that's almost like two points extra that you're sort of taking with you, right? Um, You'll take that any day of the week. And while by and large, it wasn't a super impressive performance. Like I wrote in my pregame piece for sodasoccer.com, this is an opportunity for Minnesota United to really make a statement that they're one of that top tier teams who can really hang with anybody in MLS. They got the win. I don't know if they really proved that tonight with that (laughs) performance. Uh, The goal was really nice. I thought there were a few individual performances that were really good. But by and large, especially when you talk about the stars coming out, Robin Lud, Emmanuel Reynoso, um, not a ton of uh, great quality from them tonight. But you get the three points. You'll take the three points. Either way, it's positive momentum moving forward. And I think that's uh, that's huge for Minnesota because, as we've talked about at nauseum, they really had all the all the opposite momentum last year, all the momentum going against them at the beginning of the season. Now it seems like they're getting that push. They're getting that uh, that tailwind, if you will, through this uh, through this beginning portion of the schedule. Yeah, I agree. I think you know we went, you know, we've already gone two draws and a win, which is you know far far better than we than we did last season and. You know, I think the positives are we're winning away on the road, but, you know, you talked about it and it's it's kind of my second point as well is that we are not firing on all cylinders. Like we do not look like a polished team like Ray and Lod. You know, I'm president of the Lod fan club, but we <laughs> did not have a good game, right? Was was barely there for most of it. And, you know, Ray had that miss and there was a yellow card at the end of the first half. You know, these kind of things, like we we could have played a lot better. We played pretty scrappy. So did they. But if we can go on the road and, and, and get three points when our stars kind of look really average, average to poor, like that's actually really kind of comforting because when, when they perform really well, that means that we can go and take on anyone. You know, in New York Red Bulls, they were the last team that could have gone 3-0. and you know, and, and we stopped that. So it's not like we were facing like Cincinnati or Charlotte or someone, you know, buried down at the table. This was a team that is good, you know. Mm-hmm. So it is early season, but it, it's promising signs to see that we can still get three points away when, yeah, we didn't we didn't look exceptional. So and it wasn't just these first two games for the Red Bulls too. They were carrying on a hot streak that was you know, the later, the, the entire later portion of their schedule last year. I mean, I believe it was yeah. their last 14 matches. They were nine, four and one or nine, nine, three and one in, in their last 13 matches heading into this. Yeah. One. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty impressive. Uh, that's a pretty impressive run over, over a large sample size of games uh, by far the most points in the league during that time frame. So you're taking on a team who is really firing on all cylinders, who had it figured out at the end of last year. Obviously, they brought some pieces in and put some pieces together to even continue and further that in the early portion of this season. Um, and you sort of stop that momentum dead in its track. You go on the road, you get a win. And like, and as I mentioned, you get it any way you can. And it's all, yeah. almost even a little bit more reassuring that you did it, James, in spite of those um, you know, not-so-great performances from Emmanuel you know, Reynoso, Robin Lud. Um, those stars that you really count on, if you can go on the road and get three points without them, again, 
with the caveat that Dane St. Clair absolutely won this game for Minnesota United. Um, yeah. You're, you're feeling pretty good that, as you mentioned, full strength, full fit, full form, uh, this Minnesota United team could do some things um, if they're able to grind that result out tonight in spite of their performances. Um, my uh, third thing is that injuries are becoming a major issue. They've gone from kind of a an inconvenience to, oh, that's just kind of a thing that's out there that like, oh, we're having to deal with to like, okay, something, something's got to happen here. Uh, because you come into this game with, again, four more questionables. Uh, and it's your entire back line. Chase Gasper, Bakai Debasi, O'Neal Fisher, and Roman Metinair. All questionable coming into this. And one. and Tyler Miller, right? And Tyler, Tyler Miller with the illness. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, so, and your your back line is already depleted, right? I mean, you already have sort of on you're sort of in your in your second second tier of your back line, if you will. And then yeah. you add O'Neal Fisher to that mix. Um, Chase Gasper was on the roster. We didn't see him tonight. Uh, he was he was in the lineup though, not in the starting eleven. Um, Roman Metinair still obviously dealing with some issues. Um, Frank and then Franco Fragapani. He tweaks his hamstring again, and who knows what that timeline is going to be like because that's the injury he just came back from. And it's it's really becoming this sort of reoccurring thing that Minnesota United just can't seem to dig themselves out of. And the most frustrating part about it is. We've seen stretches of maybe one, two, three games if they're lucky over the last couple of years where they've been fully fit and fully healthy. And we've seen what this team can do when they are fully healthy. But the problem yeah, is good. they just can't freaking ever get to that point, James, and it's very, very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but the amount of times that the, you know our, our best front four paid together last year was – so small i think it was like you know a couple of games in the early season then you know wasn't until really back end of the season that kind of we got we got the band back together right and yeah exactly you know now we've added some pieces and our, and our front looks a little bit different but now now the back line's struggling and it's just like i said if we can just fit all of the jigsaw together at one point i think it's going to go you know really really well if we can pull out results like this already the thing about uh, Franco's injury is I'm not as concerned as I would have been last year based on what I'm seeing from Bongi, you know, that Louis Amaria is back, like he's scoring goals again. We're on the hunt for 25, you know, it's, yep. there's, there's, uh, there's enough kind of depth and there's enough good pieces that I think up front, you know, with Franco, I don't mind if Franco has a few weeks off to get better. Like, obviously he's, he's such like an important piece but i feel we have enough cover that we that we can kind of deal with that this would be perfect for like an ethan finley you know this is kind of like where he would have been really good as well but i think you know we've signed enough cover it's just working on the defense now it's just how do we yeah. how do we make the defense healthy how do we kind of play and, you know i i think adrian adrian's right he mentioned earlier in the week you know we're not ready for a three five two yet yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of, we're, they're working on it and then they kind of, they're working through it. But currently when you have like four or five defenders injured, moving to a three, five, two is not the kind of sane play right now. So, well, and ideally your I wingbacks think, in that scenario would be Chase Gasper and Roman Metinair, right? So at the very yeah, least, you exactly. need those two back in order to play the three, five, two in the way you want to play it. And without those two, you might as well throw that idea completely out the window. 
I mean, I think yeah. he did indicate that it is on the table. It is something that they're working on and they're open to, but you just got to have the personnel and just, I mean, and even for the four, two, three, one, it seems like they're struggling to find the personnel right now at the back. So um, yeah, it's like a whack-a-mole man. Yeah. Once, once you get one area of the field figured out, then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we get Chase Gasper back. You know, he's not in the lineup or he's not in the starting lineup, but he's there. He's on the sheet, you know, maybe he's recovering and then boom, Fragapane goes down with another hamstring and you're like, well, how are we going to do this now? But more long, more long one, maybe. I mean, maybe that's the positive uh, uh, of that particular situation. I do want to ask you, James, what do you, so Amaria gets on the score sheet tonight. So does he owe us 24 or are we taking the two that he scored in 2020 into consideration? And now does he owe us math 22? No, 21. Does he owe us 21 goals instead of 24? Yeah. So there's like there's also the goal he scored in the MLS is back tournament. So he technically scored three if you count that tournament before. I think that I think that actually makes my math work out. I think my math was yeah, wrong yeah. the first time. So yeah. there we go. Twenty one. <laughs> there's twenty one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. You know, I think that you know when you know he came and he was like, look, I'm going to score twenty five goals and it's going to be like spectacular, and then he scores mm. three and he looks really good and then he gets injured and well, actually his loan kind of gets cut short and then now that we actually officially have him i think that it's fine to kind of carry on from from the from where we were before so i i still think he owes us 21 i know people have differing opinions and want 25 in a full season but yeah i mean mate if the guy can smash in 21 more goals power to him like that's that nobody's gonna perfectly fine. that's the thing we could argue 24 versus 21 what does he owe us if if Luis Amaria scores 21 more goals this season. You will not see anyone complain at all. No. Uh, oh, I he owes Christian, us like Christian three Ramirez more goals. Like, 14, so. This is terrible. Yeah, right. And that was our first season, I think, from, from when yeah. I was looking back. So we, you know, we haven't quite hit those heights again. But, you know, last season was the first season we had under 10, uh, mm -hmm. under double digits from a, from a top goal scorer. So I think, you know, for us this year, it's about, not only finding more goals, because that was something we were terrible at last year, like really bad at scoring goals, that, yeah, I mean, if Luis Amaria can score 21 goals, that's almost half of our total from last year, right? So, like, I think I think everyone's going to be happy with that. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to get into some of your questions and comments. Um, if you are watching and you have not left a question, comment, take for us to uh, respond and feature on the air here, go ahead and drop that in the chat. Well, I talk about our friends over at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. They had another Minnesota United watch party there tonight. They're going to have those periodically throughout the season for various road matches. So make sure you're following them on Twitter and Instagram at 9th Street MPLS. You'll see at the bottom of the screen there, it's all spelled out, N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S. You can also head to their website, 9thStreetMPLS.com, for all the information. Uh, but aside from the watch parties, aside from that kind of stuff, Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee is one of the most unique and cool places I've ever been to because it's part it's part indoor soccer facility, part coffee shop. The coffee shop just opened a couple weeks ago. I sort of, as as somebody who who features Ninth Street on the podcast, I get some perks, James. So I was able to go to Ninth Street a few weeks ago and try some of the uh, coffee. I think it was like some of the espresso. I'm not a huge coffee guy. Um, I do drink the Galazzo Brew on a daily basis. But I'm not a huge coffee guy, so I don't know all the intricacies of coffee. But it was some like espresso 
I don't know, coffee thing. It was amazing. I don't know what it was. It was fantastic. It got me wired for the day. It was awesome. Um, so great coffee and great times over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. You can either uh, sign up for one of their weekly pickup times. They have pickup times three, four, five days a week. So make sure you look up those times and get signed up. It's only like $5 for pickup, anywhere between 5 and 10 depending on the time. Um, you can also reserve a field for your team if you want to get some pr- indoor practice time in for your your party, for a, a group outing. Um, it's really cool. If you want to get some guys together and you want to make sure that you have the field, you can do that. NightStreetMPLS.com, Twitter and Instagram, at NightStreetMPLS, located at 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis. Plenty of soccer players that you know in the Minnesota soccer scene utilize 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. I was just talking to the Minnesota uh, Gopher star Kenzie Langdock a few weeks ago. She mentioned that she goes to 9th Street every Saturday morning to get some pickup time in on the pitch. So um, that's the kind of uh, quality you're dealing with over at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. So make sure you check them out. 9thStreetMPLS.com, 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis. Big thanks to our friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee for supporting Post Loons. All right, the comments and questions and takes are pouring in. So we're going to start uh, from the very top here. Um, so we got Exodus Zanimate. I don't know how you pronounce that last part. It says, that was scary. Bummer, I'm the only one here. Yeah, so he got in early on the stream. He was in at 8.07. Uh, we went live at 8.30. So Exodus, we appreciate you, uh, you uh, getting in early and sticking around. Um, and yes, that was sort of a, uh, a nail biter there at the end, uh, plenty of chances for the Red Bulls. Luckily, Dane St. Clair was there to, uh, to help lead, uh, Minnesota United to the win and help, uh, help keep the uh, Red Bulls off the score sheet. Um, a few more comments and questions. Some of these questions, that's the great thing about our viewers here, James, is some of these questions actually get answered by other people in the chat before we can even get to them. Uh, so I do love that. I do love the little community atmosphere that we have here. Uh, hype Brown, gotta love this one. Hype Brown, who DSC saves the match and Amarilla seals it or Amaria seals it. Wish I could have watched it because listening on the radio is torture. Uh, yeah, so I yeah, mean, that's basically encapsulates the match right there. And I can tell you, yes, listening on the radio, there have been a few times where I've been out doing family stuff and haven't been able to get home in time to catch the start of the game. So I'm like on my way home, like speeding home, listening to the broadcast. And it's like, yeah, that's when you can't see it, it's terrible. Uh, it's it's uh, well, it's not terrible. It just the ner- it's very nerve wracking uh, when you try to watch a match um, without uh, without the radio. Although uh, in in Europe, radio soccer on the radio is kind of a, a pretty big deal, right? A lot of people choose to listen to the games on the radio opposed to watching them on TV, right? Yeah, I mean, you you often see a lot of people kind of at games wearing headphones. So they can listen to the like the commentary on the radio while they're like there watching the game. So they yeah, can that's... they can kind of hear what commentators are saying. And yeah, it's uh, it's quite popular to listen to to radio when uh, when watching. We'll get to a couple more here. Mister Jelly says at time time watching was also torture. Yeah, I mean whenever you have a one goal lead and you're coming down to the end of the match, that that clock just seems to be going so slow. It's like man, four minutes of extra time. Just yeah. What were the eighty first? We still got ten minutes plus stoppage. What is going on? Uh, but yeah, uh, they end up they end up getting it done. Uh, James, let's get to some of the highlights of the match before we get to some more of the uh, questions and comments that are in the feed here. Um, the first thing I want to bring up is the penalty. So yep. 
Um, this was uh, in the 13th minute. Hassani Dotson initially not called for a handball in the box, but it does go to VAR, and the PK is awarded on further review. Now, the rules on this have changed a little bit, I believe, where the the um, natural position is, I, I think, less important than the hand just making contact with the ball. Um, but at the same time, to me, it looked like Dotson was sort of trying to to create space, make himself big, and his hand just sort of made contact with the ball. Um, and I was actually, I was watching on ESPN Plus, shout out Surfshark VPN, Surfshark VPN slash 10K, if you want to uh, get your VPN on the cheap. Uh, I was listening to the Red Bulls broadcast, and even the Red Bulls color commentator didn't agree. So I, I don't think that was an actual, I don't think that should have been a penalty. What were your thoughts on that, James? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those where kind of it's it's so up to interpretation about what is the natural the unnatural position i think the thing that that kind of sunk uh hasani there was during when you're kind of watching the playback you see his arm kind of move towards the ground and then it makes contact i think if his arm had kind of stayed perfectly still or he was kind of like you know he, like you said he was trying to make himself big my hands are off camera here because it doesn't work <laughs> like this but he's trying to make himself big. If your hand is out there and the ball hits it and your hand doesn't move, like I think that's not a penalty. But when you kind of look back, his hand is moving and it's kind of moving towards the ground. So, I mean, yeah, it goes either way. But I think, you know, his hand definitely moves uh, when you're when you're watching it back. And I think that's probably the reason that they, they gave him a penalty. So... Yeah, like I, I get both halves, but yeah, when it's like that, it's such fine margins that uh, I'm not, I'm not totally against that. That was a penalty call, um, to be honest. I think he was also extremely lucky to get away with one later on, as well. That yeah, was kind of the same, like hand yeah, moving and yeah, yeah. There were a few instances of uh, Minnesota United players hands making contact with the uh, with the ball inside the box tonight uh very very uh i guess uh weird and bizarre uh but in the end that one gets called the other does not but it doesn't matter dane st Clair makes the uh, makes the save and uh, yep. we keep things scoreless as he did pretty much all, all match long um one thing i want to talk about is the play of lewis morgan for the red bulls he was coming off a hat trick performance in the in the 4-1 win against toronto which is their previous match to this and he was just, he was everywhere. He was kickstarting every single Red Bulls uh, attack. Um, his crosses in the box were all just pretty much on a dime, right on point. His set pieces were super dangerous. Um, really, really tall task for DJ Taylor at that left back position to try to match up with a guy like Lewis Morgan. I mean, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for Dane St. Clair, Morgan may have had two goals and three assists. Like he probably would have been somewhere on the score sheet for all five of the goals of the hypothetical goals that we're talking about for the Red <laughs> Bulls. Um, DJ Taylor, he had a rough start last year. Um, I know Minnesota United's very high on him. There's a reason he got that start tonight on the left. Um, but again, it was another performance, albeit against one of the best, I think, wingers in MLS and Lewis Morgan. But just another performance where he's going to want to try to forget about that and move on. Um, what are your thoughts on on him? I guess as as we move forward and move move away from this match. Yeah, I mean, you know, the guy only played what 
eight times last year, I think. So like not a lot of playing time, to be honest. And, you know, he's 23, 24. So he's still, he's also still quite young. Um, and yeah, you're right. Going against one of the best in the league. I think it's, this is more, you kind of take this as a learning experience. You go, Hey, we didn't have a super game, but he didn't score. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of one tick in the, that's one tick in the column. Like, Hey, we, you know, we kept him, we kept him out of the back of the net. So yeah. it's, I think there's positives that you can take away from that. And it's not so much negatives. It's just learning experiences. You know, when you're, you know, when you're 30 or when you're 32 and, and you're kind of, you know, reaching kind of prime and it really in that stage, that's kind of when you can use the experiences that you have and he'll be a much better defender for it. But yeah. Early on, you're going to get beat. Like you're going to, you go against top class people. You just, yeah, that's, that's how it's going to be. And I think he did very well. And like I said, Morgan didn't score. So that's going to be a huge positive. And I think Heath is going to be really, really happy with, uh, yeah, with how he played. And yeah, I mean, like you said, they're high on him and, and, and they want to see him succeed. And I think it's, I think it's a very good learning experience as well. I, I agree. And yeah, I, the learning experience thing is, is I think the important part here, I think he's going to gain something, whether it's, um, sort of that mentality that that's never going to happen to me again, or just the yeah. experience of going up against a, a, a winger, the quality of Lewis Morgan. I mean, you know, that there's all these, all these, you know, quotes from various athletes that say, you know, the failure is the reason why I succeed. Right. Um, so hopefully G DJ can sort of channel that and, and move forward positively. Um, Cause he is, he is still so young and has so much, I think to offer uh, Minnesota United. Um, this is a really a tale of two halves. As I'm looking at the game notes here, James, I mean, everything I have in the first half is pretty much all Red Bulls, right? I mean, the first 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, all Lewis Morgan, basically. Uh, yeah, all Red Bulls. Uh, but in the second half, which the beginning portion of the second half hasn't always been uh, a strength for Minnesota United, if you will. Um, they've, no. they've traditionally come out of the blocks very slow after the first 45 minutes. But – Tonight was a little bit different. We saw a different Minnesota United team in the second half, uh, much more on the front foot, not again relative to the first half, but uh, much more on the front foot in the second half. They started really strong, I think, in the early portions of the second half, leading to that 51st-minute goal, which let's talk about that now. The, I guess, Ooh. the Ariaga cross, or no, sorry, the Reynoso cross that led to the Dotson cross, but the Dotson cross is beautiful on the left, leading to that volley from Amaria. I mean, that's straight off Luis Amaria's highlight tape. Like, that is something that he really um, – that's an area he thrives in, in the box, being able to be clinical in those finishes. Um, Dotson putting right uh, right in the breadbasket for him, and he converted a really, really nice goal from Amaria in a time where, where Minnesota needed it, like, desperately. Yeah, and it's it's actually really funny. So, like – so, firstly, Dotson makes up for the handball with a beautiful assist, but mm – -hmm it's really reminiscent of what happened last week, right? Ray brings this cross in, Amaria's at the top of the box and like volleys this, this like smashing cross in. And yep. then, you know, Dodson eventually gets the toe poke that, uh, that brings it back. But it's kind of, you know, I think that's what Minnesota are practicing. I think Luis Amaria is getting a lot of that in the training. Like, guys, hit me up with this. Get me crosses in, you know, bring corners in. This is where... 
I'm comfortable finishing games and fi- finishing goals, sorry. Uh, and you see it here. It's a, it's a beautiful finish. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing that last week, you had an amazing shot that led to a goal. This week, you you finish it yourself. And that's kind of a confidence builder and, and a confidence booster as well. It's like, guys, what we're practicing is working. You know, that looked straight out of training pitch, basically, especially last week with the corner. This is the kind of stuff they're going to practice. And yeah, I think we struggle kind of, you know, and Ray had this as well, is that we struggle when we get kind of one-on-one with keepers or, you know, we get in a position to shoot. We don't look clinical, but then, you know, we put a cross in and Amory just slams it in the net or we bring a corner in and we look really good. So I think we've... Yeah, you know, I think one thing that we've definitely changed from last year is we look a lot better from kind of a setup play perspective. I mm. think you know we need to get better at at finishing just in open play because I think mm. that's that's kind of a a kind of a weakness we have. And you can see it when you look at stats. You know, we talk about we didn't score that many goals, so mm. it's it's one of those things. If we're going to do the same that we did last year and not let in any more goals, then you know, we've, we've got to really, really work out how to score. And this is a perfect way of doing it. If we get good at set pieces, then yeah, like we're, we're gonna, we're gonna do very well, I think. Yeah. And I think just finishing in general is a huge thing, but also if set pieces are where you're going to thrive, you need to generate more set pieces, right? Yeah. Um, I think coming into this match, uh, football reference had Minnesota United fourth to last in the league over the first two matches in terms of generating corner kicks, right? If that's where you're going to be most dangerous, you've got to find ways to get aggressive and try to force more of those uh, more of those uh, instances, more of those circumstances where you're going to thrive. Because again, they're not the tallest team in the world, but if you have a guy like Amaria who can who can finish volleys or is really good sort of playing in off those set piece opportunities, um, you need to get him the ball on more of those situations. Um, if you're Minnesota United, so uh, but yeah, I mean the the Reynoso um, opportunity at the end is is really sort of a I think encapsulates. Uh, sort of Minnesota United's finishing over the last couple of years, right? It's been it's been rough. It's been a little bit better this year um, in terms of just generating yeah. shots on target. Um, but getting it past the keeper is a whole nother thing. Um, they got one tonight. They've got one in each of their last three matches. Um, to this one, I, I think the Lud one was was really really nice. I think this one may be the best goal of the year so far. Um, can you? With this arsenal of strikers and this newfound offensive attacking mindset that Minnesota United has, can you start to put more than one goal on the board? Because if it starts being one, 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 you're not going to win many of those matches. No matter how good Dane St. Clair is playing in goal, (laughs) you're not going to win many of those matches. You've got to find a way to get the ball back to the net multiple times because that's with, with the back line, especially with the injuries, but even the aging back line, we like to say, um, no Ozzy Alonso in the defensive midfield, you're going to have to outscore teams at some level this season. If you're going to want to get into the playoffs and sort of get, uh, uh, just, just generate a positive season. Right. Um, and you can't outscore teams usually scoring one goal. They did it tonight. They got lucky. I mean, they, they had an absolute outstanding, uh, you know, a brick wall and net but you're going to have to find more consistency in finishing chances because that is it's been the Achilles heel over the last couple of years. Things are looking up from a shots on target percentage standpoint, which usually indicates you're going to score more goals, but we need to see it come to fruition in order for me to get really confident, like, okay, this team is taking the next step. So it's that good old XG 
you know, it's a super important stat. Yeah. We need to we need to see goals, right? We need to see expected yeah. goals. But I think I think you're right. I think and, and the other crazy stat is that over these first three games, we have had eleven corners. The union had eleven corners in the first game they played against us, right? So not like eleven corners really, in the first half, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, like we've been really <laughs> bad at, at generating set pieces. And I think you know, when you look at it, that's a problem that stems from, and it was the same in the game tonight. We get the ball in the final third or, or we get the ball up the field and we just don't do anything with it. You know, we make a pass, goes to a defender. We we take a shot that, that kind of goes wide. We We just didn't look like we were kind of dangerous enough when we got when we got into the final third, you know, we had five shots today and two were on target. The Red Bulls had 19 shots and they had eight that are on target. You know, yeah. we got to the final third. We we didn't really shoot. We we kind of just gave the ball away. And it is very, very hard to win corners if you're not taking shots because like you've just got no pressure there. And the defense isn't really that phased until you do something like have a cross in and Luis Amaria scores. Then awesome, we got a goal. But actually, we didn't do that much that looked really kind of offensively Dang. strong apart from that. Yeah. Apart from Ray. Yeah, they didn't like look dangerous one -on -one. tonight. Yeah, they didn't yeah. look dangerous tonight. They 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 had the one opportunity that they took advantage of, and that's that's great. I mean, you have to commend that. Um, but the XG talking about the XG, James 3.1 for Red Bulls, 0.6 for Minnesota. So that's definitely that's stealing three points if I've ever seen one. Uh, if I've ever <laughs> seen that, uh, with that sort of XG differential, but that shows you again, A, how good Dane St. Clair was, but B, how far this Minnesota United attack still needs to go to be what we hope it can be this season. Um, I talked on 10,000 pitches this week. I made the argument that I think Adrian Anu should be starting at, at striker position for Minnesota United. Um, Amaria scores tonight, and that's great. I don't know if that necessarily changes my opinion, just because and when you look at the, the attack as a whole for Minnesota, Amaria as an individual might be a better striker than Adrian Anu. But the attack as a whole was just so fluid last year when they had Unu, Fragapane, Reynoso, and Lud. It was a well-oiled yeah. machine. It was night and day from what we had seen with the injury issues and sort of piecing things together. Hassani Dotson on the left wing. Like, it was sort of just com the complete opposite of what we had seen a majority of the season. And so when we talk about, you know, getting the band back together, right, James, over the, the last four or five games of the season, we saw how yeah. dangerous that attack could be. And I, I thought, like, man, that deserves another chance in 2022 just because of how successful those four were together specifically, I thought they deserved a chance to sort of keep that fluidity and try to keep that continuity going from an attacking perspective. They haven't gotten that. Um, Adrian Anu's only played six minutes over these first three matches. Um, and the goal-scoring yeah. woes have been there. So, I mean, I don't know what you do with the striker position, but um, I, I think there is a lack of fluidity and a lack of uh, just a lack of uh, gelling together right now that they had when they had Adrian Anu at the striker position last year with those other three there. And I mean, you're not wrong, but it's also, it's not like we scored a lot of goals and set the world on fire last year either. No, no, uh, to be frank. But 
I definitely think there's something wrong when your highest paid DP has paid has played what like six, yeah like you said six or seven minutes uh, in the first three games, and I think that a three five two is gonna absolutely unlock so much potential, and I think we're gonna be so much better for it. But like you said, we we can't get there if we don't have healthy players, right? Mm-hmm. So. The problem with having one striker is that it can be quite difficult to score goals. You know, when you only have one target man, there's kind of as soon as he gets shut down, it, it it's really difficult, right? It's kind of all over. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're finding is that every time we kind of get the ball up there, Amaria is just swamped or Ray kind of looks up and sees Amaria and five defenders. Like there's, yeah. there's not a lot you can do with that, right? So it's mm. it's really working out what we're going to have to do because every team in the MLS knows that we struggle to score goals. Yeah. Every team in the MLS just goes, well, if we shut down a striker, then what are they going to do? Like they, they can't do anything. So yeah, I mean, I think the quicker that we put two strikers on the field, the quicker that's going to kind of unlock this whole different thing that we never knew, ex- like the Indiana Jones puzzles where everything just kind of like, clicks into place and then the ball starts rolling at the stone like that's that's what i'm expecting to happen but i think that we need to work out something before that happens because if we wait for that it's going to be it's going to be too late absolutely all right more questions and comments in the chat rolling in but before we get to those it's time to talk about our friends over at stimulus athletic stimulusathletic.com is a place we can go if you're just a fan of Minnesota soccer, they have some really good athleisure wear that you can get over at stimulusathletic.com. But more importantly, if you're a coach, a manager, an, an AD of a school, if, if you own a, a lower league youth club and you're looking for somebody, maybe you're coming down to the wire this summer and you're looking for somebody to outfit your club with some quality game gear apparel. I'm talking jerseys, shorts, socks, backpacks. I mean, everything you would need to sort of off the field apparel Everything you would need to outfit your club with, Stimulus Athletic can help you out. They've been doing it for years with some of the best clubs in the area. I'm talking Minneapolis City, Flora, Joy Athletic, um, the Anguian National Team. They've gone, interna- they've gone international at Stimulus with the Anguian National Team. Uh, the American Outlaws do these little like uh, merch runs with Stimulus Athletic about twice or three times a year. And the jerseys that they do – through Stimulus Athletic, are better than the U.S. men's national team jerseys. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, that's the quality you're working with over at Stimulus Athletics. And they're 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 affordable, too. This is not Nike. This is not Adidas. This is not some of those more expensive brands. You're getting quality game gear and apparel at very affordable prices with Stimulus. It's worth the consultation. I promise. It's worth shooting them an email, giving them a call, going to stimulusathletic.com and clicking that get started button to start that process with stimulus. I promise you will be happy you did. Jason Mora. I mean, if you know Minnesota soccer history, you know the name Jason Mora played for Minnesota United uh, a couple of times, decided to plant his roots here in Minnesota and start a business to help local teams and local clubs. And that has since branched out nationwide and worldwide. Stimulus Athletic, quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. Stimulusathletic.com. Click that get started button. And let them know Jeremy and James from Post Loons and Soda Soccer sent you over there. Uh, a lot of these comments rolling in here. Let me switch. Uh, let me switch the comments tab here so we can uh, answer some of these. Um, all right, Heron Blom 
Uh, says, does he start an actual uh, rotation with keepers now, or is DSC still a permanent backup? Uh, James, I said this earlier. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can pull DSC out of the starting role after after that uh, performance tonight. Not only that, Heath has always shown that he's going to go with the hot hand, whoever that is, at the at the goalkeeper position. If you have a strong performance as a keeper, you, it's your spot to lose. That's kind of what Adrian Heath has sort of put out there. Um, so I would fully expect DSC to have that uh, have that starting slot moving forward. Again, it's unfortunate for Tyler Miller because he didn't do anything to lose his spot. He was just sick, but that happens sometimes. You have one guy come in, have a great performance, and all of a sudden, that's the that's the hot hand you roll with. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's right. not much more I can say. I I totally agree with that. Uh, Hype Brown jumping back in the chat. So is Longwani going to get a start or what? Fraggy needs a break. Um, who knows what? Uh, I, I, we're not in the post game press conference. I haven't had a chance to check Twitter long enough while I'm doing this to see what uh, Adrian Heath and Co have said about Fragapane's hamstring, about the the timeline for what that uh, what that's going to look like. Um, but I do think that Longwani's performances have sort of put Minnesota soccer fans in a position where yes, Franco Fragapane is a huge contributor to this team. And yes, it, it really does suck if he's going to be out for a while, but I think it also puts us in a position where this gives us an opportunity now to see what Hlongwane can bring you. Um, because we've talked about how many strikers this team has. So if he can fit in, in another area, particularly that left wing position where they don't really have a true backup right now, um, that could be something that really, really benefits Minnesota United in the mid to later portions of the season. If he can get some consistent playing time in that position now. Yeah, I mean, he, and this is, I think we talked about this in uh, in our last pod, Pod on You Loons, found in where you find all major podcasts. Uh, we, we talked about, you know, he is so, so young, right? There are only four players in our team that are younger than Longwane. Right. Mm. So there is so much that he has to learn and so much that he kind of needs to to refine about his skills. But the raw talent, the raw pace, the raw skill is so, so exciting to watch. And I can't wait to see more of it. If if Franco needs to take time off, I'm so excited to see what Longwane can do for a whole match. But I'm also like totally fine with him being that kind of spark that you drop in and suddenly you bring all this energy to, you know, overwhelm a defense that, that has kind of been out there for an hour already, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get some more game time. I want to see him start. I want to see him play a full match. And yeah, there's giveaways and yeah, there there's some things that look sloppy, but yeah, the guy's 21, right? Like mm. it's it's one of those things where he's just going to get better and better. And I think to do that, he just needs more game time. Absolutely. Um, Mr. Jeldy coming in says, feel like anyone starts at right back over Dotson going forward. Sad to see us put Rosales on over Unu. Look, I think in any ideal scenario, Hassani Dotson does not start at right back. Um, I think yeah. really he only <laughs> fills in that role when they literally don't have another body to fill that role, right? Um, yeah, Dotson is going to keep his capable. hands. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's Inside proven capable lines. of playing that position. Yeah. <laughs> he's proven capable of playing right back at a, at, you know, uh, at a standard level, 
look, he's gonna he's gonna play there. He's gonna give you some good effort. He's he's not going to be a, a liability, I guess, at right back. He's gonna give you what's expected at right back. It's not his ideal position by any stretch of the imagination. No, but when you don't have anyone else to throw in there, he is an okay option to put it right back. But yeah, I think if you have any semblance of health. On your back line, <laughs> does not does not start there. It's literally anyone is healthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is what another interesting point on, on that though that as I kind of thought about tonight is, you know, we kind of and again this may be Grant from the Dummy Run podcast putting on his tinfoil hat and sort of influencing Minnesota United Twitter, but I thought we were going to see more of Nabi Kimanguchi this year. Now, Jacob Schneider has reported that he's playing more defensive midfield in training, but I think he is a natural defender. Um, so it's interesting to me that considering the the desperation, I guess, that they've had in terms of personnel on the back line, that that Nabi hasn't really gotten that gotten that look. Um, any thoughts on that, James? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah it's kind of one of those things i was also expecting to to see more especially as we've had so many injuries um mm. i would have expected to see but yeah i think the comment about rosales over anu like if you're adrian Hanu, like you are basically just taking money and doing nothing which mm. actually sucks as someone who who wants to get involved but you got to feel also for like abu Danladi. Like mm-hmm. the guy was signed over the summer and was just like the first practice match or the first off season match or preseason match, right? Like was put in at striker over Adrian Hanu and everyone was like, wow, Dunlady's back. Like he's, this is going to be so great. And then we signed Luis Amaria and Dunlady's just never heard from again, just mm-hmm. sitting on the bench, like doing also nothing. And then we're putting like Joseph Rosales, which, it's fine. Like, you know, the guy also quite young is one of the only people who's younger than Longwane. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, like we're paying so much for Adrian Hanu. Put the man in. Like mm-hmm. that should be, should be a no brainer. Like if he's not starting, which he should be, but Amaria is also playing great. Like if he's just, please put him in. Like, it's almost a no-brainer. Like, Joseph Rosales, awesome. Like, you got game time, sweet. Like, fantastic for you. Like, I'm happy that you're getting game time, like, your first minutes of the year. But, man, yeah, put like, put your DP striker in. Yeah, I think he hasn't really done anything to to not deserve that spot, right? I think... I don't know. I know. I don't know where the bar is for Unu in terms of what is going to be seen as successful. I think he's almost in a no-win situation when it comes to that because, you know, yes, he's being paid a lot of money. And yes, he's a designated player. And that comes with a certain level of expectation. I totally understand that. But seven goals in half a year, his first year with the club, as we mentioned, when when he was starting up top and that front four was able to play together, they were able to do some things. They were able to score goals consistently in a way that Minnesota United hadn't seen in and since since Christian Ramirez in 2017. That again, yeah. that's relative to nothing, really, right? Yeah. That's relative to uh, an attack that's almost non-existent. But at the same time, they were able to grind out results and get results much to 
the credit of the way that front line was able to play together in the latter portion of last season. And you could almost credit that exactly and specifically to what helped them qualify for the playoffs. To not get that opportunity with those two and you plug a new piece into the situation. Now, again, we hit June, July. Maybe Amaria is cranking on all cylinders. Maybe this, this front line is clicking because they've gotten time together. Maybe I'm proven completely wrong. But I, I really think that you needed to give a chance for consistency and continuity and fluidity and maybe just work on Maria in, you know, as almost a, in the early portions as almost a, a bench option um, and sort of integrate him in. Now, Dunlady is interesting because injuries obviously have played Dunlady over the early portion of the season. Um, you know, he was he was back in the uh, in the roster in the lineup tonight, not the starting lineup, but he was uh, an option off the bench. I yeah. think with Dunlady, it's a little bit different because of those injury issues. I don't necessarily think you want to throw him in in any unnecessary circumstance, right? Yeah, uh, they're they're up one nil in the second half. I, I don't think you want to risk throwing Dunlady out there again. It sucks that we're talking about it like that. That we're talking about Dunlady as as this like fragile you know player. But it's kind of the reality of the situation. There was all this hope that his health would be able to get back on track once he was uh, he was signed, and you know that was really sort of his his play and his contribution is sort of hinging on his ability to to stay healthy, right? Um, and so it's really unfortunate that we're this early in the season and we're talking about like, well, don't play him if it's not necessary. But I think that's where we are with Dunlady right now. Um, yeah. And, but he's also somebody who's only going to benefit by getting on the field. So it's just this whole like vicious circle of like, we can't get guys healthy enough to stay on the field, but we can't necessarily like, I don't know. We can't put guys out there long enough to get to a point where they are going to really find their form and contribute at a high level. So it's just this, the Minnesota United is in a very, very weird situation right now from a personnel standpoint. And so I don't know if we can really, truly question things on a legitimate basis because of that. Um, I think the new thing, I think we're both sort of on the same page that I think we think he should be seeing the field more, whether that's in a starting role or whether that's in a more prominent uh, role off the bench. I think we both agree that he at least deserves that much. He's not getting that, but all in all, I think Adrian Heath is doing whatever he can just to get 11 guys on the field right now and, and try to try to get the best he can out of the players that he has. And, and you know what? We're we're one win, two draws, right? So, mm-hmm. like, it could be a lot worse. And last year it was yeah. a lot worse. So, you know, we're already five points from the year, and you know we we haven't looked too bad, right? So, mm-hmm. for for us, it's there's a lot of things that we're like, oh, it's so doom and gloom, and we're missing players, and we have got all these injuries, but. We're winning games. Like <laughs> we're we're not losing. So we're getting results. Yeah. At the end of the day, like that's that's kind of the the best that we can hope for. And I mean, you know, if you're gonna put Hanu on, I'm okay if Rosales comes on with five minutes to go. I don't want to see mm-hmm. Hanu on for five minutes or seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. that's just a waste. Like Jacory mm-hmm. Hayes comes on for for three three or four minutes, right? Yeah. Like these guys, it's just that's just park the bus time. Right, you know, long one a came on seventy second minute when Franco got injured. I would have liked to have seen Hanu come on then as well. 
Yeah, that's kind I of, think you could have made a double, almost like a double switch there. Sorry to use the baseball term, but sorry, a little bit of a double switch there where you bring Hongwane on for Fragapani, and maybe you do bring on Unu in for Amaria at that point. And instead of really parking the bus, maybe you really try to go and get that second goal and sort of just put things put things away. And then you can park the bus with a two-goal lead and you're feeling much more comfortable. Um, but sort of that's just all hypothetical sort of, uh, you know, skepticism there. Um, but I, yeah, I think the the moral of the last ten minutes of this podcast is I think Adrian Anu is in the opportunity to get more playing time. I think we're both uh, I think we're both on the same page there. Um, if yeah. you have any more questions or comments as we're finishing up, thank you all so much for watching. I think we have a record number of viewers here uh, tonight on Post Loon, so thank you all so much. Uh, big thanks to you, James. Uh, you know for staying up late with us. Um, one last right. question, it's a pretty straightforward question here. But I think it um, it, it it sort of I guess uh, begs a larger conversation. Um, Heron Blum comes in and says, "Do we miss Alonzo?" Short answer: Yes. Right. Short answer: Very, very much yes. You miss uh, that defensive presence in the defensive midfield. Yeah. It would very, very much make up for the backline issues that that Minnesota United is facing right now to have that defensive midfielder in Ozzy who can sort of snuff out attacks before they start or drop back in and assist on the back line as that six. Um, but at the same time, I think Hervin Ariaga has done an excellent job as a newcomer over these first, uh, over these first few matches. And again, he was not involved in the Nashville match. Uh, I think the, the thorax uh, is, is going to be a, uh, uh, a term that lives in Minnesota United, uh, the realms of Minnesota United Twitter for the till the end of time, I think if Minnesota United ever comes up with the museum, they need to put a, a thorax section in there. But anyways, yeah. Um, the the Philadelphia match and tonight, I thought Kervin Ariaga looked extremely good. I thought he um, he influenced the defense as well as the attack. He's really more of a, a re- very well rounded central midfielder in terms of where he can make an impact. And I think that's something that. He sort of, in a way, makes up for what they lose with Ozzy Alonso. He doesn't make up for it 100%. Then that'd be no. impossible. But I think he does so in a way that that Dotson and Trap, Dotson and Trap cannot. I, I think he he sort of brings this this defensive midfield presence that just seems to be lacking when it's Dotson and Trap together. It's just sort of there's a different look to that central midfield. It's more dangerous. I think it's just more, it just, it just feels like a more complete portion of the pitch when, when Ariaga is there, whether it's Dotson or Trap alongside of him. I think both those guys, I think that's proven that both those guys are really eights and Ariaga is really more of a six. And I think that's why it feels more complete. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I also, I also think it's weird when you have Dodson and, and Trap. And I guess that kind of leaves, an almost bigger question is if Trap and Ariaga are both healthy, then where do we play Hassani Dodson? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of like where, where where does that leave Dodson? Like we have to we have to kind of work him in as well. And maybe it's you know a sub role or maybe it's a rotation with Trap to keep them fresh. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, well, actually we have this kind of midfield that looks and feels quite good. You know, there's a lot of youth, right? Ariaga's 24, whereas Aussie was past 30s, right? So we're kind of bringing youth and speed. It's kind of the of what you lose in experience. So, yeah. 
yeah, I think it kind of begs a wider conversation for future post loons and podcasts is like, what do we do with Dodson and Trap and Ariaga to kind of make sure that those three are getting enough playing time? Yeah. I think it's it's interesting that it's it's 2022 and we're still talking about where does Hassani Dotson fit into this? Thing. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just it's the, never ending. Never ending. Age old Minnesota United question. We've been having this conversation since 2019, James, and it's still there. And we're still starting him at freaking right back in games because we can't stay healthy. It's just you talk about a waste. You're talking about kind of a waste with Adrian Anu. It's just it feels like a waste of Hassani Dotson throwing him at right back. I get you have to, but, you know, it allows other guys to sort of shine in the defensive midfield role and sort of take that spot. And then we, again, continue that question, that perpetual question of what are we going to do with Dotson? And it's crazy that three years later, we're still talking about that. Yeah. And it's honestly, it really hurts his chances of the the U.S. men's national team. Like, Every time that we play him out of position or every time that we don't have a spot for him, it's just time that he's not getting to show how good he is, especially when we play him out of position. Like, you know, he gives up a handball that gives a penalty. He has a technically another handball that's not quite a penalty. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just not really helping him. And I think we're doing him a disservice. I agree. We've, we've got to find a place for him. But I don't know. I don't know what you do with them, James. Because you know the the. I think the the first thought I have it's okay. There are a lot of teams that could use a Hassani Dotson, right? Like you get you like, get some Tam and Gam. Get, get the haul. Get all the Garber bucks you can. Um yeah. Or sell them to to Europe and and get some straight cash homie out of it or something. But at the same time, what it who's 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 your depth option in the defensive midfield then? Jacory Hayes. Yeah, it's, oh, oh, it's just a terrible. Hayes, I don't want him first option off the bench in the defensive midfield right now. So <sighs> it really does. It's this damned if you do, damned if you don't situation with Dotson where, okay, you keep him. Maybe you keep him as a depth option, but you're really sort of wasting him at that point. But if you get rid of him, you're you're thinning yourself out to a point where maybe you don't want to be. It's just, it's a, it's a, well, it, it's, a conundrum. it's the same with our keepers. It's exactly the same thing, right? Well, you could trade Tyler Miller, but then you lose out on depth. But then, like, they're both good, so you kind of want to keep both, but you're doing one a disservice by putting them on the bench. And, yeah, it's really, yeah, yeah, it's just this problem that we seem to have in all parts of the field where we now have depth, which is great, but we have depth, which is bad. Because, like, we're just (laughs) wasting, we're just wasting people on the bench that, really could go and play for another MLS team and start and get a lot of minutes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Before we look forward to uh, next Saturday's match against San Jose, I to let James talk about our good friends over at Pence Homes. Well, let me bring up the banner here. Where are you at, banner? They are. Boom. Yeah. Throw me a banner. Yeah. If, right, you're, you, James. Uh, Take it. if you're on Loon's Twitter, uh, you probably know who Nate Pence is. Uh, you know, not only a diehard Loons fan, but also a supporter of kind of all of Minnesota soccer, uh, which kind of ties in nicely to soda soccer, uh, if I must say so. <laughs> uh, guys at nice. Pence Home, 
Nate and his team are realtors. They specialize in the St. Paul and Minneapolis area, which I will be visiting in May when I come over to uh, to hang out for uh, the first uh, Minnesota Aurora game. Uh, and I'm also yeah. going to go check out uh, Allianz for uh, NYCFC. But yeah, Nate and his guys, they, uh, they proudly support various teams and organizations in the Twin Cities. Minneapolis City is one. Uh, equal time soccer obviously they also help out soda soccer jeremy and the guys here as well not only is he ingrained in the local soccer ecosystem he has also helped countless people in his day job which is buying and selling homes uh and has made a lot of people very happy so head over to pencehomes.com or email nate at pencehomes.com pence with a z uh to get the process started and let him know that uh yeah the guys at Soda Soccer and uh, I sent uh, I sent you guys as well, all the way over from the Netherlands. So, yeah, if you guys uh, need to buy or sell a home, go uh, go check them out. James at three thirty five a.m. local time just uh, <laughs> just sent somebody over to Penn's Homes. That's what that's what he did. Uh, all the yeah. way over there in the Netherlands. All right, James. So let's look forward. Uh, Saturday, another we sort of had a homecoming of sorts against Nashville with Teal Boonberry and Luke Hawkinson and Eric Miller sort of making their return to Minnesota. You kind of have a similar situation with San Jose. You have Minnesota yep. and Jackson Ewell, but you also have former loons, Jan Gregish and Francisco Calvo making their uh making their returns to Allianz Field. Um San Jose is a team that I mean to say that they are exposed along the back is an understatement. Uh, they are a team that tries to outscore other teams, but often fails to do so. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I think if there's any opportunity for Minnesota United to sort of break out from a goal scoring standpoint, this is it. I guess we will see. That's a kind of a lot of pressure to put on the front line. Like, Hey, if you're not going to do it now, you're not going to do it at all. But at the same time, um, you know, they really haven't faced a, uh, as, as vulnerable, of a defense, I think, as San Jose is. So um, I would expect more than one goal to go in the back of the net, hopefully, on Saturday for the Lions. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at who they've played. They've played the Red Bulls. They lost 3-1. They've played Philadelphia Union. They lost 2-0. Both teams that, you know, we've played, right? And they played mm -hmm. Columbus, and they drew 3 all and had a guy sent off, right? So that was a that was a wild, crazy game. But <laughs> – you're right. They they do let in a lot of goals. They've let in eight goals, but they've also scored four. So, you know, they do they have scored more goals than us, even though they are one draw and two losses, right? So it's and two of those goals were Calvo assisted by Gregish, right? So they're they're still they're still dangerous and we, you know, we know what these players can bring. Even if last year we didn't see young Gregish in full flight and yeah, he was a lot on the bench, but you know we know how good he can be, and there is no—they are dangerous. Like if we if we let our guard down, they they will score goals. But conversely, like you said, this is the best chance that we have to put multiple goals in the net so far this season. Their defense is yeah. vulnerable. They let in two goals every game, so at least so let's kind of capitalize on that and make sure that that we kind of bring confidence and this is a game that we could do in Austin, right? We could win five, one or five nil. And if we can do that, not only is it going to make our goal difference look good, which is always something that's been kind of lacking lately, but I think it brings a huge confidence. If you're forward and your forward and your midfield can really string it together and get some goals. That's kind of where we can use this as a launch pad to go further. 
because after this, you know, we've got uh, we got Seattle afterwards. We got Austin. We got Colorado. Like these teams are up up kind of the top. So you know, we really need kind of a boost to then also make sure that we can tackle these games head on as well. Yeah, I think I think five points out of these first three games is great. I think you need an as you mentioned with that sort of run of run of opponents coming up. I think you kind of need all the equity you can build from a point building standpoint, from a, from a standing standpoint. Um, so getting yeah. three against San Jose would be absolutely huge for that. And then you sort of go from there. And I think, again, it's a great opportunity to do so, but what does it all hinge on James? What do we keep on talking about health? Who is available? Yep. Who is healthy? Who is going to be on the, on the, on the, in, in the lineup for Minnesota? They were able because of a just absolutely super heroic goal scoring or a goal, um, goalkeeping performance tonight. We're able to grind out a win in New York um, despite health issues. Uh, I don't know if Lightning is going to strike twice in that regard. No pun intended from what happened uh, in the Nashville match. Uh, uh, but uh, I think it all hinges on which your attacking options are are healthy. Um, and I think it's going to be sort of a prove-it game for Emmanuel Reynoso and Robin Ludd too. I think they're two guys who don't want to have two of those kind of performances back-to-back. They're going to have a big chip on their shoulder coming into Saturday too. So if they're healthy, knock on wood, um, yeah. I would expect them to really try to break out and have big-time performances too. Yeah, and, you know, this is an important stretch for us. You know, we've played two Eastern Conference teams and Nashville who, yeah, they were Eastern Conference, but now now they're with us in the West. We now kind of face four Western opponents. And like we talked about last year and we talked about in 2020, especially during COVID, these are kind of your six-point games. These are really, really important ones that you need to get points from. You need to rack up wins because this is what helps you make playoffs. Sure, beating Eastern Conference is nice. And, you know, we play we play Chicago like five or six games down the road. But if you don't kind of win a lot of your in-conference games, it's not overly going to matter what you do out of conference because these are the ones that really make the big swing, especially in a conference so small. Yeah, and so tight in the West, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's anything like it was last year, I mean, what was it? Four points that separated fourth and ninth. So, um, yeah, if it's yeah, anything like I it mean, was last year, any points you can get are huge. And, I mean, right now, the difference between – sure, there's only been three games played, so it's not going to be that difference. But the difference between first and tenth is three points, right? Mm-hmm. We're sitting in seventh, and we haven't lost a game. Yeah. So – yeah, it's really one of those things that, especially early, if you can get the jump on teams, then that's going to look kind of real good. And Seattle are quite vulnerable right now, right? Seattle are up next after San Jose. And if that's a team that we can take advantage of, then that's going to be another three points, especially six-point swing that we can bag and, and move forward. So, yeah, it's all about getting people healthy and scoring multiple goals in a game, which was not something that we did a lot last year, to be honest. Six more days until we are back on post loons following the San Jose match. That's Saturday, March 19th. Uh, another, uh, another, uh, or another prime time tilt against the, uh, against the quakes actually. And it'll be, uh, it'll be the post loons live stream after that one as well. James appreciate it, man. Get to bed, get some sleep. Uh, it's Thanks, uh, 341 local time there in the Netherlands. I appreciate it. Um, before you go, though, tell the people where they can find you, where they can listen to you, where they can stream you, where they can watch you, all that good stuff. 
Yes, so uh, Captain James Force, the Twitter handle, uh, is also my Twitch, is also my YouTube. I stream games. I have different kind of content on there. Uh, also, Pod on You Loons uh, is a podcast I co-host with uh, Sam and Justin. Sam, who has been on Post Loons before. Um, yeah, we uh, you can find us at all major streaming uh places that you get your podcasts i guess <laughs> you can find us everywhere uh pod loons at pod loons on twitter um you can come uh see all the uh the hot takes that we have we uh, we, we like to play it pretty we're not we're not overly hot takey we're uh, we're fairly passive but yeah we do uh, we do weekly podcasts we bring guests in we do epl specials we uh yeah we're kind of uh we're kind of all about it and then we're going to be doing our first podcast all together in may when I uh, when I come to uh, to Minnesota, we're going to do a uh, the first one of the three of us together. So that's going to be uh, nice. super exciting. I can't wait. I'm wishing it's May already, so I can just get over there. <laughs> hey, not, my, not uh, too far away. Not too far yeah. away. It's good. My Aurora gear should get here before then, hopefully. <laughs> I got mine. So I mean, and I'm you know I'm stateside. I'm you know literally a few miles from where they probably ship it from, but. Um, I got mine, so hopefully that means yours is yours is on the way, and you should get there. You should get that uh, sometime soon. Um, yeah. James, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Also, appreciate everybody so who has checked out SodaSoccer.com, um, your new home for soccer coverage in the North. We cover Minnesota United as well as everything happening in the lower league, college, and community soccer scene in Minnesota. So go check us out, SodaSoccer.com at Soda S O C on the socials. If you want to support what we do and help us out, you're going to get some early access to content as well on our Patreon patreon.com slash soda soccer. You can also catch us breaking down everything Minnesota United on the post loons podcast following every Minnesota United match. James, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. We'll see you around. No worries. I can also shout out you're a Patreon as a Patreon supporter myself. You do get good content. So there you go. Love it. Peace. All right. Thank you, James. Thank you everybody for watching. We'll catch you Saturday. Peace.